We thank you that you're here in our midst. We thank you that you were spared no mercy so that mercy would be showered upon each person here. You're rich in mercy. You say that mercy triumphs over judgment. And we thank you that's for each person here today. That the mercy you showered, the mercy you poured out, is new every morning. And I love what the word says that mercy triumphs over judgment. Judgment means it's over. Judgment means there's no more hope. Judgment is a dead end. But mercy, thank God that He's merciful means there's hope there's hope today there's hope for forgiveness there's hope for regeneration there's hope for redemption there's hope for new life there's hope for breakthrough there's hope for healing there's hope for a renewed mind such is our God And you know why there's mercy and not judgment? Because His love never fails. His love never fails. He'll never give up on you. His mercy is new every day. And so if you've walked in here tonight thinking you're beyond hope, you're beyond restoration, my friend, there's hope for you. There's mercy in the name of Jesus and in His blood. It was shed specifically for you. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're going to do tonight. We thank you the words you're going to speak through Pastor Tony. By the power of the Holy Spirit, lives will be changed. Chains will fall off people tonight. We give you glory. We thank you in advance. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a mighty shout of praise here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Welcome, everyone. Can we thank Therese and Mary for the, for the beautiful worship and the, the boys on the band as well? Amazing. Thank you, children. Jesus said, let the little children come to me, but we're happy for them to be upstairs (laughs) during the service. (laughs) Speaking of children's ministry, uh, there is another group needing the room upstairs at six o'clock. So the team upstairs will bring the kids down at about 10 to six. Around 10 to six. And Pastor Tony's gonna be wrapping up or have wrapped up by that time so you don't need to go up and get them they'll come down to you today and yeah that's going to be happening for the next four weeks so just be ready for that but again welcome if you're new here if we haven't met you a very warm welcome to his and his word ministries and um, we'd love to meet you afterwards and um, get to know you and hear your story. Now, if Pastor Tony is off his game tonight, um, just show him a bit of mercy, like I was saying before, don't judge him. Um, my, my parents had a party and they live opposite Tony. <laughs> and I got a text from him saying um, he's trying to sleep. <laughs> so well, I imagine he's a bit tired, he hasn't had much sleep, so he's off his game. Um, grace and mercy just um, extend your arms towards Pastor Tony right now, no I'm joking why don't we welcome up Pastor Tony as he comes to bring the word Amen Party, wow Bless you 
You're doing good? Praise God. It's interesting that we're talking about being seated in heavenly places today. And um, when, we, when we understand that um, what Paul was trying to, to get across to us, that you know, a lot of people think that we're seated in heavenly places when we die one day or we'll be with Christ one day. When we leave this earth, we'll be with him. True. But Paul was speaking in present tense that any man being Christ is a new creation. I'll be in Christ, he be in me. And there's the scriptures about Christ in you, the hope of glory. And tonight I want to talk to you about the frequency of God being seated in heavenly places. Now, frequency you cannot see. Sound of my voice is a frequency. What we just heard music now is a frequency. Uh, when Dorian's family had the party, honestly, I thought the guy was sitting outside my window banging the tubble and playing the organ and singing. That was a loud frequency. I don't know what the... Do you get any complaints from the neighbours? No, not at all. Yeah, only me. I, sent, I, was, I rang the police three times. <laughs> but Dorian wanted to go home. He says, Tony, bring the police. Pretend you're the neighbour that's upset. <laughs> so I rang her. Nah, it's a joking. I wouldn't ring the police. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 6. Tonight, I really want you to get a grasp of this message in respects to where you are seated with God in your positional truth. Now, if you've been around long enough, you know what is your positional truth. You know, I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I live, Christ lives in me. I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. I've come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We speak about things from a perspective that, and we should, that we have been set free. Amen. We're not going to be set free. We are free. We are healed. We are delivered. We are sons and daughters. We are the family of God. This is present tense, positional truth. But what is it that our positional truth does not reflect, reflect our personal reality? I know people that know scripture very well, know the Bible very well, know genealogy very well, know history very well, but their life does not portray the person of Christ. So tonight we're going to talk about how we make sure that we are listening to the right frequency. Frequency is a sound. The Bible says that when the Holy Spirit fell on the church, it was a sound like a rushing wind. You can't, hit, you can't see sound, can you? You can't, you can't see wind, can you? But you, you know it's there, it's manifest. Sound like a rushing wind. And tonight we want to come out of that positional truth and who we are in Christ, but more importantly, who Christ in us, the hope of glory. What is he doing through us and for us? And we'll, and we'll, just, and we'll touch on that. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses or in sin, made us alive together with Christ, by his grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Paul's talking about in the, in the Ephesians church, it's a book of promises, it's a book of blessings, that we are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're not going to be, we are now. In reality, when we die, we'll be with him. Amen? And people say, oh, I just want to get to heaven. You know, and, and it's sad to see people that don't understand this concept that now we're in him, Christ. Well, now we're in him. We move, we live, and we breathe through him as a believer in Jesus Christ. And what it means to be seated in heavenly places, physically, we're all here today, aren't we? I don't know if Maryland's is heavenly places, but <laughs> Parramatta is, but no, not, not Maryland's. But physically we're here on this earth. But in the spirit realm, our spirit is attached to God's spirit. And where we seek now, or where, what we receive from today, or what we have to operate from is from the heavenly realm. The Bible says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in in heaven. Jesus said it another way. He said, Jesus said that whatever you bind on earth will be, and whatever you loose on earth will be. 
What's he trying to say here? He says, I've come down, the Son of Man, Son of God, and to come in the form of Adam, mankind, to bring the kingdom of God on this earth. To manifest his kingdom. But let me, let me reassure you, this is not our destination. We're just passing through here. And that's why he says, don't hold on to the riches of this world. Don't build yourselves up treasures on earth. Don't think it's all about here. We have to touch here. We have to manifest the kingdom here. We have to tell the next generation that they can to look forward to what's coming. But we're operating out of the kingdom of God, not from this realm. Jesus, Paul says it in uh, first, uh, Colossians. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 26. The mystery, everyone say mystery. The mystery, when we, and just before I keep going, the Bible says who he speaks in tongues does not speak to man but speaks to God. For he does not know what he's speaking. His mind is not fruitful. He speaks mysteries. So out of the frequency of our mouth, out of the belief system out of our heart, we are declaring mysteries hidden in Christ before the foundation of the world. You're not telling God something he doesn't already know. God's getting you to pray the great mysteries of the kingdom in the realm of the spirit so the frequency can go out there. Who's ever been into a house where someone just had a blue? Who's ever been to someone's house and you know there's a tension in the air? You don't know what's going on, but you're walking and go, oh, there's a bit of tension in the air here. What have you you've picked up? The, some people call it the spirit realm. Some people call it the, you know what? It's the frequency in the room that you've picked up. Jesus there was a man um, preaching Jesus in India. And uh, he's a, uh, I forget his name actually now, but he's having crusades. And he got to India and it was the poorest part of India. And they said, look, we're going to take you down the village where we set up the kingdom, uh, where we set up the uh, stage for you to preach. And this man, you know, couldn't wait to start preaching and he'd been fasting and praying and believing God for a move. And before... The music started before the service started, before the nice anointing came. He just walked down the street and people were manifesting. The kingdom of darkness was starting to get exposed just by him walking down the street. What did he carry? He carried the kingdom within him. He hadn't even started anything. He just walked down the street to see where they were going to preach. There's a frequency that the enemy is trying to pull. There's a one from heaven and there's one from hell itself. Here it says the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory, of this mystery, and among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This mystery was hidden in the ages, and, and the Jewish people believed that God was, they, they were the chosen people, and God would bring a Messiah, and we, we know all the whole story. But God, in his infinite wisdom, said, I'm going to reveal this not only to you, but I'm going to reveal it to the Gentiles. They're a part of this great kingdom, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ, in you, the hope of glory. Jesus says, Father, let me share the glory I had with you before the world began. If we share in Christ's glory, Jesus now is where? Seated at the right hand of the Father. If any man be in Christ, is a new creation. We are seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father. Is everyone getting a picture of this? That you're no an orphan sitting outside waiting for heaven to do something to confirm you. See, the problem is we're still looking for heaven to confirm and to, to manifest the kingdom in us. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit lives in you. You carry the kingdom. You walk around every day with the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God within you. And we're going to see this here. You know, in 2005, they had an issue in these parks and shopping centers in America. And this happened a long time ago in England as well, but in 2005 I was just reading. They wanted to get rid of the teenagers in the park, loitering around and, and hanging out. And, you know, who, did, who hung out here in Westfields for Parramatta all their life growing up? Yeah, it's a few more hands should go up too. Just hanging out, doing nothing. We had no money to spend, so we just hang out at Westfields. And it became a problem because all these kids were gangs were loitering and that. So they come up with a device. And it was a device that they used to play. And it was a high-pitched sound. They call it the mosquito alarm. And it was played at a frequency that only people from 
they basically, people from under the age of 25 would hear it, but everyone older would not. And it would just torment them. It was like a mosquito buzzing in your ear. And finally, these young teenage hoodlums would leave. The problem with that also was it was affecting young children, affecting people with autism, affecting people. That, so it was causing a lot of truth. And they said, well, hang on, this is illegal. They use it sometimes when there's riots. They put up a, a frequency and it, it, it hurts your ears. Isn't it interesting? You can't see it, but they would play this frequency and then the, only the people that they wanted to get rid of <laughs> would, would hear it. You know, can let's do an experiment. Everyone stand up. Everyone stand up. Silence, please. Have you got it set up? Okay, so what are we going to do? Silence, please. We're going to play a sound. If you hear the sound, please sit down. If you don't hear it, please remain standing. And don't lie. You're in church. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what the... Hey, 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 What happened? I didn't hear it. Stand up again, stand up again, stand up again, stand up again. I was still talking. Start again. Shh. Those who hear the sound, sit down. Those who don't hear the sound, remain standing. Wait, 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 wait. Remain standing. Those who sat down heard the sound, yeah? How many lies have you got here? Oh, let's go. According to the stats, you shouldn't have heard it, 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 you shouldn't have heard it. You <laughs> the guys that are standing, you did not hear the sound, did you? The guys that heard it, you must have good ears. Everyone sit down now. <laughs> the guys who are standing come up for prayer, I think your hearing's gone. I've got a sound, it's called, no, no, we won't go there, we'll get in trouble. <laughs> I've got selective hearing. What that sound was, I didn't hear it, so, you know, I need prayer too. But that's a high-pitched sound, and they, that sound there, apparently, there's a certain age, and what it's, what it's based on is that the sound comes from the, the little nerves in whatever your ears, any, any, any ear doctors here? Beautiful, we're not that smart in primary. Um but you, you wear away your, your eardrums and, you know, you, where you pick up, wear away. So certain sounds you don't hear anymore. So a lot of the young people sat down and said, if you, you're young at heart if you heard the sound. If you're standing up, you're old as me, all right? But isn't it interesting that that was a frequency you cannot see, but you can hear or not hear. And I'm afraid that the devil's throwing a frequency to the body of Christ that we're picking up to deter you from hearing what God is saying or to take you away from what God is saying. Just like the, just like the university, there's an alarm to try and get rid of young people. They've got a high-pitched frequency so they don't have to put security guards and police. They just play this sound, it torments them and they leave. But you know what? The Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places. So our heavenly perspective on earth has to be from heaven. In other words, we should be hearing from the Holy Spirit. We're not because we are untuned or we our tuning device has been distorted because we're hearing a different sound the first sign i know when i sit with people about the sound is if they're out of tune is they always talk about themselves woe me look at me what about me the second time the second part of it is look at him look what they did we can be distorted in hearing from the holy spirit and I don't care how much of the word you know. See, the Bible says that Jesus was the word. And the disciples walked with Jesus as the word. But he says, but remain in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit is what? Came down like a rushing wing, like a sound, like, like a frequency. And you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And we as Pentecostals, or you come out of the Pentecostal, love that. For the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit, we receive power, dynamite power, and that's true. But the power he's talking about is to manifest the Word in you. You can know Scripture after Scripture after Scripture and not live out of any power because you don't have the right frequency. It takes an offense. It takes uh, an attack. It takes, uh, I've prayed, but nothing happened. 
I went to church, nothing happened. That guy didn't, you know. We, there's a million reasons why we can come out of tune. See, in the old days, you guys got all digital stuff. But in the old days, if I wanted to listen to the football and put it on a certain radio station, I had to turn the dial till I, and the needle would go until I got the right tune into that station to get the right frequency to hear what the radio station's doing. In other words, if I'm out of tune, I can't get a, re- a reception. I can't get the right frequency. I can't hear what the radio station. And God is trying to retune his church, trying to retune our hearts back to hearing what he has got to say. Amen? Too many of us are walking by sight and not by faith. And we're saying we're walking by faith, but we're not. Christ has to be glorified in every way. The third thing we know we're out of whack is that we're taking credit for things that should be Jesus. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to not speak of himself, but only what he hears from me and my Father. Only Jesus gets the glory, amen? Only Jesus gets the glory, amen? But he will share his glory with us, but he gets the glory. The Holy Spirit is not your personal genie in a bottle. He is God, the Spirit. And when you receive the Spirit of God, he comes upon you to receive power and to be my witnesses. You know, Jesus said, often say, when Jesus was born, Mary was told, you're going to have a son. His name is Emmanuel. God be with us. And while Jesus lived on this earth and walked with his disciples, he was God with us. He was God in our midst. But after the resurrection, he became the God with us, the God to be within us. See, God could not fulfill the mandate, him being outside of us. He had to be in us. He became the God that was with us to become the God that is within us. Remember, Jesus said, I must go, but when I go, I'll send the comforter, and he'll be with you. He'll baptize you into power, and he'll be within you. John, John 14, 16. You don't have to go there, but I'll read it quickly. And I will pray to the Father. Who's praying to the Father? Jesus. And he shall give you another comforter that he may in you forever. I'll pray to the Father to send. So now the Holy Spirit is now manifest. Isn't it interesting? When Jesus, the Word that became flesh, was baptized by John, and the Holy Spirit fell on him like a dove. He was baptized and he was anointed by the Holy Spirit as Messiah. And the first thing he did was the Holy Spirit took him to where? In the wilderness. 40 days. Took on the enemy. So declared that who he was. He was tempted in every way. Isn't it interesting? That was the beginning of his ministry. He was led away into the wilderness. 40 days always speaks of maturity, speaks of tribulations and trials, it speaks of a generation. There's different ways you look at 40 days in the desert, 40 days in the, Jesus fasted, 40 days Elijah didn't eat, 40 days it rained and Noah. 40 represents a generation, generates of turmoil, of preparation. Moses was 40 years in the palace in Egypt. Then he, got, he escaped and went to the backside of the desert for 40 years till God could get his attention. And now he prepared him to go and get the people out of the promised land, which took him 40 years to get in. So 40 is a significant number. Jesus, before his ministry started, went 40 days in the desert. Isn't it interesting that you note that Jesus, after the crucifixion, he died and rose again. How many days was he on this earth? 40 days. The first 40 days was in the desert to prepare his ministry. He received the Holy Spirit, was led up to be tempted by the devil. He had this one-on-one with the devil, restored some things that Adam did in the, in the, in the garden, restored some things that happened in, in the desert, in the wilderness. And he came and he started, manifested the kingdom of God on earth. And now he died and rose again. Guess what? He waited another 40 days. The first 40 days was to prepare his ministry. The last 40 days was to prepare our ministry. Because the Holy Spirit had fallen on him now. And now he's saying, but wait for the promise to come, then the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Why didn't he just wait 50 days? Why go day 40 when day 50 was Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell? Because it wasn't about him. He'd received the Holy Spirit. He was going back to the Father, sitting at the right hand. But he was waiting that 40 days to prepare his church, his bride, to receive what he received before he went to the desert, the great Holy Spirit. 40 days in the desert to prepare his ministry and 40 days after to prepare our ministry. You have the frequency of heaven living on the inside of you. Nothing goes amiss. 
<laughs> but we all like to know that Christ in us, the hope of glory. We all like to know that we are in Christ. Any man being in Christ, Bible says that we died with him, we buried with him, and we rise again with him. That's called baptism. We're baptized into his death. But there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 6. I want you to get this. We all know that we're in Christ, that he has set us free. Yeah? Our positional truth. Are you free or not? In 2 Corinthians 6, 16. Is that 6, 16? Yeah. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the holy God, a living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. So we know that he dwells in us. And then he says, and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. He's not only going to dwell in us, he's going to walk in us, through us. He's going to use you. You're his hands and you're his feet. See, Jesus is not coming back to be a saviour anymore. Jesus is coming back to restore all things of his kingdom. That's what our job is. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He go into all the world and, and testify to my name. Cast out demons, heal the sick and raise the dead. That's what he wants us to do. But we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Not only does God reside in us, he wants to walk, walk it out with us. So we're going to stop looking up to heaven and saying, Lord, where's my answer? Where's my answer to prayer? Where's my... No, no, you've got to look within you and see what God is doing within you. Because he's saying to you, your frequency is shot. You're not listening to me anymore. You're listening to yourself. I remember one day, someone, two guys walked up to me and they were adamant they heard from God. And they were adamant and they had a word for someone and that word was so far wrong, it wasn't funny. But they were adamant, but they were tuned into their own frequency, not the frequency of God. And it's a very dangerous place right now. There's a lot of information going on out there. We live in the information age. But if you don't understand what the Word says, come on somebody, the Word is my foundation and the Holy Spirit is my teacher. The Word and the Spirit, they bring life. I do not go outside His Word. Don't care if a hundred angels come and sang songs to me and told me all this stuff. If it's outside His Word, it's not of God. It's not of God. See, in the Old Testament, the closest relationship they could have is God walking with them. The Holy Spirit would come upon them. He'd work through them. He'd work around them, but he could never live in them. But it wasn't until Christ went to the cross that the Holy Spirit could reside in them. You have the great Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. I love people that use scripture out of context. You know, some people get the word, they know the word, so they, they take a scripture to justify their life. Or, you know what, I believe God's asked me to do this, and I read this, I said, okay. But the Bible says out of two and three witnesses, his word will be established. Bring it to God. Let God expose it. Because, you know, sometimes the enemy will give you a scripture to take you off course. Remember this couple years ago had been praying, and they wanted to work for this particular ministry. And they were in a church setting like this. And the man of God came, he was preaching, and he called them out and said, the Lord says to me, you're going to sell your house and you're going to go and move into another state and you're going to work for that ministry. Everything they wanted, they believed they heard from God, that was going to happen. So they did. They went, sold their house by faith, packed up, drove all the way to another state, got to this ministry and said, look, God told us to come here to serve you. And the guy goes, praise God, come, we're welcome. And he goes, so where do we start? He goes, start what? He goes, our ministry. He says, we don't know who you are. He says, yeah, but God told us and we had a word. He goes, that's fine, come and serve and we'll see what the Lord does. No, they were adamant that they had to walk into this ministry and this. And that. Not long after that, nothing happened. They weren't, it was far from the truth. That, that couple, not only did they leave the church, they divorced and broke up and their whole life was over because they believed they heard from a, a frequency that wasn't God. Be careful that you don't get the frequency to someone tell you what you want to hear. The most dangerous out of the whole, if there's anything you don't hear tonight, hear that. Don't try and get a word that agrees with you. Very dangerous. The Bible says that our spirit bears a witness with his spirit. 
that we are the children of God. In other words, our spirit has to bear witness with him. And this is where in my 20 years of the walk, I've seen this so many times that we want a word. We need a word. We've got to get a word. But we, he's got the word. And if you don't obey the written word, don't try and get a word from somewhere else. To pull. If you don't obey the written word that's in front of you, forget it trying to get a word from somewhere else. It will take you off track and it will destroy your life. Amen. Someone agrees. I'm not saying that God... Um, I'm not saying that God um, doesn't speak through people. I'm not saying God doesn't give you a dream and a vision. What I'm saying, test it all. Because a lot of people like to get confirmation and they see this, you know what, they get, get a word and they believe on the word. Because if, if God has spoken it, it'll come to pass. It will come to pass. But not your way, his way. Did Joseph get a word, people? Joseph, with the dreams. The technicolor dream dream coat you know the, the coat of many colors was he anointed by god speak to me he was anointed was he beloved of the father was he his father favorite did he have dreams were the dreams from god were they true so why did he end up in jail he had dreams told his brothers the dreams they got jealous of him don't speak out when i tell you all right I'm joking, Chris. He had a dream. His brothers got annoyed with him, jealous of him, angry with him. Then he had another dream and told his father. His father goes, we're going to bow down to you. And now his brothers got a hold of him and said, let's kill him. You must hate someone that bad to kill him. It's one thing to backstab him and betray him, but to kill him. They threw him in a pit and Judah speaks out. His brother says, don't kill him. Let's just, you know what? You're a top bloke, Judah. Just sell him to slavery. <laughs> we won't kill him. Just sell him. So they sell him. They get his coat, rip it up, put it in goat's blood, take it back to Jacob and says, man, your son died. The animal got him. And he grieved. Now Joseph now, the dreamer, who has a, an anointing from God, a promise from God, that he was chosen by God, is now in handcuffs and he's a slave. But then he ends up in Potiphar's house. Now he's in charge of Potiphar's affairs. Now Potiphar's his master. He's serving him faithfully and loyally. But Potiphar's wife liked him. Tried to, you know, catch him a few times. Finally, she grabbed him. She says, lay with me. She says, how can I do that to my God and my master? What a man of integrity. You see, he had a dream when he was 17, 18. And he told everyone about it. And the dream was of God. And that frequency that he was hearing was of God. But now he's been sold out by his brothers. At some point, he could have said, well, this dream wasn't of God and changed his frequency and became bitter and twisted. But no, he didn't. He kept the heavenly principle. He kept the frequency into heaven still connected. Now he's in Potiphar's house and he's serving faithfully. And now she accuses him of rape and he takes his jacket and he runs out and she says, he tried to, tried to lay with me and they throw him in jail. Now he's been betrayed by his brother. Now he's now been falsely accused by his master's wife. And now he's in jail. Did he leave his, did he change frequency, people? Did he lose heart? He might have lost heart. He might have been depressed, but he never uttered. There's not one word written in the scripture that he uttered the word negative towards God or to anyone. He was in touch with the heavenly places. Now he's in jail and he's probably wandering in the dark place in a dungeon. And you got to remember those jails back in those days, <laughs> they're not five-star resorts. They're dungeons. And now he's in jail with two guys. These two guys have a dream. He could have said, I don't want to know about your dream. Leave me alone. Last time I had a dream, they sold me. <laughs> he tells them their dream. One was going to make it out. One was going to die. And he told the guy that was going to make it out. Please don't forget me. Would you go and tell Pharaoh what I've done? They were both working for Pharaoh. Well, the guy forgot him. Until one day, Pharaoh had a dream. And he goes to his soothsayers and his magicians and all these spiritual advisors who are tapping into a wrong frequency and he says what's my dream he goes tell us your dream and we'll interpret your dream he says no i'm not going to do that anyone can do that i want you to tell me my dream he goes nobody can do that then the butler was it the butler or the butcher anyway the guy that got out of jail walks up to the king as king there was a guy in jail who told me my dream and he was correct maybe he can help you who is he his name is joseph he's a hebrew 
They wash him up, bring him to the king. And now he says, I hear you can interpret dreams. Now look at the difference. When he was 17, 18 getting dreams, he says, look what I'm going to do. Look what God showed me. This is what you're going to do. But now he's broken, contrite heart. He's wasted 15 years of his life. He's about 30 at this time. And now he's standing in front of Pharaoh, being sold to slavery, then being accused falsely and then put in jail. Now he's standing there. Look what he's saying. He says, I can't do anything. Only God can do it. See the difference? Before it was me, me, me. Now it's him, him, him. And he says, only God can do it, but I can tell you what the Lord showed me. And he tells him the dream. And now, he's seated now, second in charge of the whole empire. One of the, the most, um, was it the, the greatest nation of the world at that time, Egypt. Now he's second in charge, sitting at the right hand of Pharaoh, controlling all his Pharaoh's matters. He never lost his frequency. He never lost in touch with the true reality of who he really was. He had a dream and it came to pass. But this is the funny thing. The Lord was showing me today, he said that his brothers came because there was a famine. Because the dream was, I won't go into the whole dream, but basically there's a famine in the land. You're going to have seven years of blessing and seven years of curse, drought. So let's put food aside, wheat aside, put things aside in that seven years of abundance. So when there's nothing, we can actually live and sell. And that's exactly what happened. So people were coming from all around the world to buy grain and flour and wheat and whatever. Because there was a famine that hit the whole world. And now, Joseph's brothers, with his father, who was still alive, have been sent out to go and buy food because they're going to starve and die. And eventually, long story short, Joseph sees them. They don't know who it's Joseph. Finally, he reveals himself to them. And they bow down and thinking that Joseph was going to kill him. He says, uh-huh, I'm not going to kill you. What you meant for evil, God's turned for good. And Joseph, who could have changed frequency, he could have not been seated in heavenly places. We're talking about Old Testament man. How much more us who are filled with the Holy Spirit, amen? They didn't have the Holy Ghost like we have it. They didn't have a Messiah that died on a cross and blood was shed and wiped the sin away and wrote our name in the Lamb's book of life. They believed in the promise to come. But we're walking in the promise to come and we're out of tune. And now he saves his whole family. You know what? In a, in a sense, he was sitting at the right hand of Pharaoh and so was his family and they didn't know it because they got the benefits of the kingdom now when they came to Egypt and lived in Egypt. And you know, on a side note, on a side note, if they perish in the wilderness, Jacob and his family, if they all perish and Judah perishes in the village, if Joseph had a bitter heart, a twisted heart, he says, you know what? Put them all in jail and let them rot in hell. Guess what? Our Messiah wouldn't have come. Who, which tribe did Jesus come from? Can't hear. Judah. He's the lion of the tribe. He came from Judah, Bethlehem, where David came from. You know what? If Judah had died in the desert, our Messiah wouldn't have come. Guess what? God had his perfect... See, if we understand the frequency of God, no matter what comes your way, no matter how many times the devil throws things at you, no matter how many things that you do wrong, please stay in tune with heaven because you are seated in heavenly places. And whatever God has spoken, it will come to pass. That's a good place to say amen. amen. If he's spoken it, if he's spoken it, if you've interpreted it, it's a different story, but if he's spoken it, he'll bring it to pass. We have to understand who he is. And in, as I said, Joseph is sitting at the right hand of the father. So are his brothers and his dad, technically. Because every benefit Joseph did, guess what? He shared it with his family. And they prospered, and they prospered in Egypt until Joseph died, then Pharaoh died, and then the other Pharaoh put him in slavery. But we have, we've come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. I want to challenge you. Do you manifest the kingdom? Is your heart for the kingdom? Or are you a Christian? I often say this, and I'm not putting anyone down here, so I'll speak about me then. That way no one gets offended. All right? Am I a Christian? That's saved. I'm drowning. And someone fr throws a, a, a lifeboat out. And I get in the lifeboat. I thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. I could have drowned. Thank God I'm saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And 20 years from now, I'm still in that life raft, floating on the ocean, going, thank God, by grace I'm saved. I don't deserve it. And then I lose grace for grace. In other words, I've sat there, wasted my whole life, and I died of heat stroke. 
but I'm going to heaven. But I did nothing for the kingdom because I'm in my lifeboat praising God that I'm saved. And God says, I don't want to leave you there. You're not just a struggling survivor trying to make it to heaven. You're my son. You're my daughter. And the kingdom of God is manifested in you. And I want you to portray the kingdom. I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I want you to serve me. Why? Because serving him is the greatest thing you could ever do. Because if you don't serve him, guess what? You're serving the devil. There's no in between. You sit on the fence, the devil owns the fence. You should take up an offering right now. I'll get three cents. Colossians 3.1. I'm trying to encourage you that the frequency in this room is beautiful now. Hey, we love each other. We all smell nice. We look good looking. And we go outside and I say, how many people backstab anyone? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Your phone call, you didn't like that phone call. Or you, change, you take the channel and you change the channel. The minute you walk out this door, you're back into the world. Because the frequency of this world hitting you. But guess what? Put on the whole armor of God. If you put Jesus first and glorify him, it's not about you anymore. Look at that. <laughs> if, then, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, heavenly realms, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on those things, on those things above, not on the things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It's interesting. Set your mind on things above, not things below. Let me explain that to you. When we talk about don't, the things of this world and don't put your heart and treasures on this world, what we're saying is do not trust in what you have. Is it wrong to have things? No. Does God bless you? Yes. Does God want you prosperous? Yes. Why did he put Joseph second in charge with Pharaoh in the biggest kingdom of the world? Why? Because they needed food. They needed resources. God is not someone, no, no, you just live out in the desert and it's good for you. No, no, no. He needed them to be saved. But if you trust in your riches, if you trust in what you've built, you have trust in what you have, you trust in what you don't have, guess what? You will fall to the things of this world because it becomes the God of your world. We proved that a couple of years ago. Don't want to bring up any old scars, but your PhD didn't save you. Your job didn't save you. How much you knew didn't save you. If they wanted to, they stripped the carpet under you. Why? Because we trust in them, but we do not trust in no one. The government cannot save you. The, your school cannot teach your kids. Your job's not going to provide. God is your provider. You're going to teach your kids. You're the king and priest and prophet of your home. If you don't do it, the world's going to do it, and you're going to lose them. 85% of students that go to uni in America come back, but don't believe in God. The whole system is designed to take away the faith because they don't have faith because they're living off their parents' faith. If their parents have got any faith at all. The systems of this world. But Jesus said, I have overcome the systems of this world. Come on, somebody. We need to understand that the frequency from heaven. We need to understand when you walk into the room, the anointing walks in with you. We need to understand that when we speak truth, the anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit will ignite truth. When someone's in darkness, guess what? They see light. Do you control the atmosphere or, do that, or does the circumstance control the atmosphere? I love hanging out with depressed people. Sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. I love it when depressed people hang around me because they don't stay depressed for too long. They either get, they laugh or get annoyed with my jokes, one or the other. But either way, they break out of that mold. Why? Because I'm carrying the kingdom of God with me. Even when I'm depressed, you wouldn't know it. Why? Because I carry the kingdom of God within me. But be careful that you, be careful, and to those who love ministering to people now, be careful you don't become the answer to their problem. You're not the answer to their problem. Christ is the answer to their problem. You just have to give them Christ. If you become the be all and end all, guess what? It becomes codependent. And they're all just trusting you until you do one thing wrong and you fall off the pedestal and then you're the biggest shark and they backslide. You know what? Christ has to be glorified. Christ has to be glorified, not you. God will give you. The Bible says do everything in secret so your Father can glorify you. Listen, 
If you want a reward to serve Jesus, there's the door. If your whole motive is to get a reward from the Lord, there's the door. Because how much is enough? How much is enough? Ask for your boss for a pay rise. He gives you one. In six months, you want another one. So all my workers are here. I don't want them to ask for a pay rise. <laughs> DJ, find a new job. How, we got? How long have we got? Oh, wow, what's this? Dictatorship now. Don't look at the frequency. Five minutes. All right, I'm going to finish. James 3.13, and I'll finish on a good note. I'm trying to encourage you guys. You have the ability to hear from the Holy Spirit. You have the ability, even if it's not a rhema word from God, it's the word that you read that gets into, put into a place where God is forming Christ in you. So when you don't like to forgive someone, you forgive. That's a part of the kingdom. When you don't get offended with every little thing or you have an expectation of someone they don't deliver, you know what? That's part of the kingdom. Let's just start there. Let's think of someone else more than you think of yourself. Let's have a look at someone who's going through something and not looking at, look, but they're, you know, they're going through that because of this. Or you, did you get on your knees and pray? I often say, do not take advice from anyone who hasn't paid a price. A lot of people like to take advice from people who have never paid a price. Hallelujah. This, this is, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness, which means humility, of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. The wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, from this earth. Sensual, another word for sensual is carnal. Another word for carnal, which we don't have in English, is soulish, in your natural emotional realm. And the third one is, you can start somewhere where you get wisdom from beneath, thinking it's God's wisdom, but the Bible says, don't lie to yourself, it's all about you, self-seeking no humility, and it can go from earthly wisdom to carnal wisdom, sensual, and it becomes demonic. And that's the favorite place where the enemy likes to sit with Christians. He can't touch your spirit, but he'll sit in your soul. He'll sit in places, in your emotions, in your mind, and your will, and he'll control you, and you think it's God, but it's not, it's the devil himself. Next verse. For where every envy, self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there, but the wisdom is that from above is first. Here we go. Pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. What is he saying here? That you're not perfect, but any wisdom you walk in, any notion you walk in, any, 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 any information that you believe that you're sharing all your life has to be first pure. In other words, all those things are the kingdom. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, full of mercy. They're all part of the kingdom of God. They're the fruits of the kingdom. And if the first thing that comes out of your mouth about someone is negative, shut your mouth! And don't ask why God's not moving in your world because the first thing you do is poison comes out of your mouth. And how can God bless poison? Well, it must be only me that does it. If you got, you know, it's true. If you've got nothing to say, don't say nothing. But if out of your heart is the abundance of grace and mercy and you can see the best in someone and you're willing to pray for someone, you don't have to even talk to them. But if your heart isn't for the kingdom, isn't it funny that believers like to go and get the lost? They need Jesus. And when we get them in there, we judge them for everything they do wrong. Better off staying out there. They, they were loved more when they were in the world. But God's heart is that we are pure that we have peace, that we're gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, show good fruits. Don't show partiality. Don't love some people you like and don't love the other people you don't like. Clicky groups is the first one. Clicky groups is the worst one. I know people get comfortable in their own circles. I get that. Some people are introverts. That they don't. But hey, your clicky group is the first place where the enemy walks in because you don't know he's there. You know the Bible says that when the sons of God talking about the angels came up to heaven, the sons of God referring to angels, guess what? Lucifer was there and no one recognized him. He was there with them. And then God recognized him. He goes, hey, what are you doing here? He says, who, me? <laughs> he says, I'm going to and fro from the earth, finding out what's going on, harassing people. Read it. I don't know where it is, but it's in there somewhere. I'm joking, I know where it is. You know what chapter? 
Smarty pants? What's the chapter? Come on. One. You're lying. I don't know what it is either. <laughs> so Lucifer came into their little cricky group. They didn't know he was there, but God went, hey, hey, what are you doing here? And he called him out. Biggest destruction. You know what now? Let's call, let's call clicky group segregation. Now the whole world's putting people in factions. Black, white, right, we, uh, conservative, liberal. It's, you go around. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ and nothing else. And so are you. The blood's washed me just like it washed you. The blood forgave me just like it forgave you. The Holy Spirit in me is the same Holy Spirit that lives in you. I don't have more Jesus than you. Jesus is not like, you know, a little bit of Jesus for you, a little bit. No. Here, let's put it this way. He's enough to go around. But if I don't want to walk in his statues, walk in his love, walk in his mercy, tap into his frequency, bro, I won't know who he is. And what you think you have today, because for whatever reason you built or you believe God blessed you, awesome. But imagine surrendering it all to the Lord, how much more you would have. The rich young ruler, just live you have, give it to the poor and follow me. Now Jesus could have shared the hundred scriptures, but whatever you give to me, I'll give it back a hundredfold. Whatever you give to me, you'll never go without. I'm your problem. He could have said, no, he said, just sell it and follow me. Because you know what? If he gave him the benefit, he would only follow Jesus for the benefit, not for Jesus. Most Christians follow Jesus for the benefit, and therefore there's no power in your life. He loves you, but there's no power. But God loves you. Amen? And I'll finish off this last scripture before the... The kids come down. I'll finish this off next week. Let's finish off Ephesians 1.19. You can bring him in if you want. We're not listening. What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? This is the word you have to understand. He's got exceeding greatness of his power towards us who? What do they do? Belief is the grace. You know what belief is? People say, what's faith? What's belief? I often say, faith comes from believing because I trust. If I don't trust you, I don't believe you, and I have no faith in you. But you must first believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I, I must first believe that he is. Who is what? God. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not do things for him. I seek him and he rewards me. Why? With his love and mercy and kindness and believing. And then you have exceeding greatness and his power towards us. According to the working of his mighty power. Who is mighty power? His mighty power. All right. Next verse. Then he says this. Which we, he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his, at the right hand in heavenly places. That's where you and I live right now, in heavenly places. Amen? I want to encourage you, next week I'll talk about Jacob's ladder. What it really means when Jesus says, angels ascend and descend on the Son of Man. I want to show you that he opened the door for us to go into the heavenly realms and back to receive whatever we need from the kingdom of the heavens. I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about in the spirit realm. You see, God loves you. God has sold out for you. Tune into his frequency. You understand what I'm trying to say? There's a frequency the enemy hits your flesh, your soul, but your spirit is connected to the Father 24-7. Can we stand? Whew, so much more. Just like that sound that we played, some heard it, some didn't. Imagine the enemy sending frequency of sound to put you off. Frequency of sound to hear, to hit you in the spirit, to take you away from what God wants you to do. The frequency of sound that, you know, there's a sound. The Bible says in Revelation, it's like a rushing living water. And I want to finish off with this story and then someone needs to hear this. They're in Africa in a crusade. There was that guy, um, I forget his name, Layman might know, but he was a ruthless dictator. He ended up being a cannibal. What was his name? No, it was before Kobe. Anyway, 
and he was a dictator and, he, and, and his soldiers went out and ravaged villages and killed people and took, you know, it was just crazy. And later on in years, the gospel opened up to that country. I think it was um, Zimbabwe, I think it was Zimbabwe. And the minister's preaching the gospel and there's hundreds of thousands, not just hundreds of thousands of people coming to hear what these guys got to say. And he's on a stage and on that stage, he's preaching the gospel and he's sharing the gospel. And there's a lady and, and, and this is the story. This is war-torn country, civil war, crimes of humanity, uh, against humanity. Anyway, he's preaching the gospel. And there's a lady. And all of a sudden, all he saw, he's on stage. And all he saw was, it was like the Red Sea parted. All these people just opened up and there was someone coming through the middle of everyone. Like, like they'd opened their way. And he'd seen that many times, witch doctors coming to put curses and people get scared and they move. But it wasn't a witch doctor. He saw a lady and she was basically crawling on the ground like a snake up on the dirt all the way to the stage. People walked out of the way. People knew this lady. Later on he finds out people knew this lady. This lady lived in rubbish tips and she was mentally crazy and she was defiled and, and anyway she would live like an animal. She was demon possessed. But she, she started to walk through the crowd and she travelled a few k's they reckon because where they lived. And he saw everyone part and he realised that this was not... And he says, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And she got up in her right mind. She was naked, filthy, dirty, hadn't washed for months. And they grabbed her up, took her away, and she comes back next night in the crusade to testify. And she tells her testimony. Listen to me, listen very carefully. <laughs> she testified that when the soldiers came into their village, they'd gone and pulled people out of their houses and in front of her eyes and I know there's young kids here now in front of her eyes they did things to her sisters and her daughters and her mum and they killed all her brothers and, and, and her husbands and she saw all this in front of her eyes she saw the, the, the abuse and everything in front of her eyes and she went mad and she was the only one that survived and she ended up going crazy and then just living in like an animal and she just lived on her stomach eating rubbish from tips and People tried to help her, but she just kept going back there and they eventually left her there. Absolutely tormented, demon-possessed. And she was there for, for years, apparently, until a man of God came to preach to thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people in Africa. And guess what that? That demon-possessed, no hope left, living like a peasant, uh, living like an animal, eating dirt off the ground, living like a snake with no hope, with no, no, no mental comprehension, everything gone, living in the... And she heard a frequency. She heard the light of the gospel. And she could not... She, she would testify. Everything in her was shaking, but she knew she had enough inside her to crawl her way to the stage. She traveled kilometers on her stomach like a snake and then when she got to the stage, she said, all I could see was a light. There was a frequency coming. I knew I had to get to that light. And she got there and the man of God prayed for her and she was in her right mind. She testified to all that. And I want to encourage you, listen, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, no matter what you've said, God's frequency will bring you home. Tune back into his frequency. You cannot wash away the blood. The blood is too strong to wash away. It's not fickle. The blood of Jesus calls you home. It declares you guiltless. The mercy of God is upon you. Just like that woman, she was demon-possessed. There was nothing, no light in her. But she had enough to get to the cross. So she could be seated in heavenly places. And I'm sure, I don't know what you've been through. Don't listen to the frequency of the devil. He's a liar and he's the father of all lies. But if you're seated in heavenly places, guess what? Look within you. Spend time with the Holy Spirit and let the Word be your compass and let the power of God change your life. No more excuses. Listen to me. No more excuses. There's enough Word preached out of this ministry. If you've been here, there's enough Word in you that you're so fat, you're choking on the Word. It's time to digest the Word. time to live out of that Word. It's time to keep your eyes on Jesus and give Him all the glory. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you that your frequency from heaven is not fear, not hatred, not judgment. Your, fear, your frequency is mercy, grace, restoration. That kingdom of God 
sets us free. The kingdom of God is within us. And tonight I surrender my life to you. Not in the way of salvation. I surrender my will to you. That your kingdom come and your will will be done in me as it is in heaven. There's so much more God wants to give us. He just needs us to tune back in. Forget what you've seen. Forget what you hear. Forget what people are saying. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's only Jesus. Come on, somebody. It's only Jesus. It's only Jesus. And when you say it, it's only Jesus. It's only Jesus. He's the Lord of my life. He's the lover of my soul. He's the one that set me free. He's the one that stands on my behalf. He loves me. He gave me the kingdom. I am forgiven. I am restored. I have the joy of the Lord. He is my strength. My Father in heaven. He loves me. I stand firm in His word and the power of His might. And the blood of Jesus cries out on my behalf. I thank you, Lord, that I am free. That I am free. That I am free. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seated in heavenly places. You're not an orphan. You're loved by the Father. Live like a loved son. Live like a loved daughter. Nothing but the blood. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm done. I'm finished.